We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this week on A3 Life, we're going to give you a little bit of an update on Elisa's IVF journey and what's been going on with that. We've been getting lots of questions, her and I both. So I know you guys are wondering, we're going to catch you up on that. And it's going to be a little different of an episode. It's just me and Elisa because Miss Alicia is not feeling well. So enjoy today's episode. So like basically today we're a squared life. Yeah, this is an a squared life episode. And Alicia is yucky and oh, has I hope she doesn't have like some weird foreign disease cuz she's pretty much been sick since y'all got back from Mexico. Yeah, and that's the weird thing is that I didn't get sick while we were there and then Darren and I haven't been sick like she's sick. Don't get me wrong. Like she's really sick, but we've had like the nausea and like bubbly gut and like just weird it's been weird maybe your bodies are just detoxing from the alcohol you all consumed and you're not actually really sick at all well that's what I assumed because I don't ever drink at home like very very rarely and but at this point we're we've been home for like 10 days so I can't imagine that it's still alcohol and Alicia does drink occasionally at home so like okay like yeah occasionally (laughs) we'll be nice and say occasionally because she's not here she'll be like guys I only drink when I go out to eat that's like every day okay so that's what she's yeah, so I can't imagine that it's that for her. But yeah, hopefully she doesn't have some sort of like foreign caca. Okay, well, I have been getting a lot of questions on your IVF episode we did. It seems to be a really popular episode, and I'm sure you're getting questions as well. But people have been wondering an update on that for you. Uh, I want to know what's been going on and where you're at and what you're, you know, whenever we left that episode, for those of you that have listened to it and maybe don't remember where we were at, I believe we were just, you were stimming for your second Mm -hmm. round of IVF um, stemming again, just to cover briefly for those that maybe didn't hear that first episode, go back and listen to it, but it just means stimulating egg formation, right? Right. Exactly. So we were on our second round of stems last time we recorded, which lasted about 10 days. But what we had done a little bit differently that time was they had introduced HGH into my protocol, um, which is human growth hormone, obviously for anyone that doesn't know, I didn't know a lot about it until I got involved obviously in this, but so they introduced HGH into what I was doing. And I did that for about four weeks before I even started my stemming medicine in hopes of improving the egg quality. So my body does produce eggs um the endometriosis had just kind of destroyed the quality of my eggs so 
the idea is, and the studies have shown for women over 40, adding HGH does help with the quality of the eggs. However, there were no studies on women under the age of 40, but my thought was, you know, what can it hurt was exactly how I thought. Um, so we gave that a try. And so we went through the process, did, you know, the HGH didn't, did the regular protocol. And then I had my egg retrieval and they did actually retrieve one more egg. So the first time they retrieved five, the second time they got six. Um, and of those six, three fertilized. So obviously we have the eggs and then they combine the sperm and see how many fertilize. And so we had three fertilized just like the last time. So the first time we had five retrieved three fertilized, one made it to an embryo on day five. That's what, what day they watch them until. This time we had six retrieved, three fertilized, and none made it to day five. So kind of a super disappointment more so. I mean, of course it was disappointing. It's a lot on your body. It's a long time. It's a lot of shots. It's a lot of doctor's appointments. Quite frankly, it's a whole hell of a lot of money. Um, to end up getting zero at the end. Um, so that was, and I think I had, you know, obviously higher hopes. Other women that I talked to that had added in the HGH had had, you know, better quality, better results. And in fact, we ended up having worse results than the first time. Um, so if you're listening or you've heard about HGH or thought about adding it to your protocol, I'm telling you all, every single other person that I've seen that added HGH it did help. It yeah. just didn't help me. So that was, that was super disappointing. I mean, I was, I was sad. I was mad. I was like, I, I was a lot of emotions because again, not just physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, do you put yourself through a lot, but financially you put yourself through a lot. So um, that's kind of how that round ended, if you will. Um, the poor girl that had to call and tell me, she's like, you know, it's day five. You kind of wait for the call. You know, you're going to get a call that day. And she's like, I was like, well, and she's like, none, zero made it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Matt was actually at a fishing tournament. He was on the water that day. And then he came back and had a really good fish and he was disappointed because his fish was a little bit over. So I just literally didn't have the heart to tell him that whole day. There was just like never really a good time to tell him. And then the next day it was like something else. So anyhow, it, 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 I waited a little while before I told Matt because there was just not like a good time to tell him. Um, but obviously I ended up telling him. Um, so I think we were both just like, really like super, super disappointed. Um, again, because obviously we wanted better results. So we still have one, one embryo. That's, we just have the single one. Um, and we're actually, we're going to change doctors. We've already kind of decided that, um, my, the clinic that I used, I love my doctors. I love my nurses. I love the staff, but my thought is we're missing something on some part, um, whether it be on my part or Matt's part or medication wise or wherever we're at. So we kind of just decided like, we're going to go ahead and do something else and we're going to go out of the country actually. So we didn't want to have one embryo left here or stored with that specific, you know, office because again, they keep them frozen. So we have one baby on ice, if you will. 
So we did decide to go ahead and go through with the transfer because we actually wanted to have at least before at least three was kind of the number we wanted um, in mind before we started transferring. But then when we got, you know, kind of the news that we only had one, um, we decided that we were just going to go ahead and transfer it because we didn't want to have one embryo at one doctor's office. And if we end up going to a different clinic, you know, just having them kind of spread out. So that's what we decided to do. Yeah, that was, um, that was going to be my next question for you. Cause I know obviously we've had some conversations and I knew you guys were discussing different options and I didn't know, I didn't know where you had landed. I knew you guys were talking mm -hmm. about going out of the country and talking about doing the transfer and all of that stuff. But like how stressful, just the idea of you have to start like all over with a new doctor that has mm -hmm. to be super uh, stressful of a process. Uh, yeah. And, and I loved my office. Like they literally treated me like royalty. Like they were so good to me and so sweet. And, and I, I have no doubt that they absolutely had the best of intentions. So it's hard because I know I'm not going to get that somewhere else. I'm not going to have that relationship that I have with them there. And I absolutely love them, but you know, financially, if anyone's looking at IVF or Looking at pricing of IVF, there are very few insurances that have any coverage at all. There are some, very few and far between, that have, you know, decent, but in most cases, there's no fertility coverage. And also in the state of Florida, it's not required. In some states, they require um, fertility coverage in some countries as well. Um, but Florida is not one of them. So our insurance covers nothing. So we've pay, paid completely out of pocket. And I'm super grateful and, and so blessed that we've had the money to do that. But I just told Matt at some point we have to make the best financial decision and that's going to Europe. Um, we've really looked into it. I will give you all just a rough estimate. So roughly from what I've seen and understood in the U.S., one round of IVF varies from about $15,000 to about $30,000 around, um, just to kind of put it into perspective between 15 and 30 from what I've seen. And then in Spain, it's actually in Spain is where we plan to go. And, and there's other places in Europe, but Spain, particularly this specific clinic that we're looking at is $2,300. Okay. So you're talking a sub, not even a comparable difference. I mean, to me, it just doesn't make sense. And their rates are just as good, their success rates, their, you know, things like that. So I'm just like, we have to be smarter here. Um, so that's kind of our next step. I know people that have gone, flown there, stayed for two weeks, <laughs> had a nice vacation had the treatment done, flown home, and it worked. And you're talking half, half, if not more than half of what we're paying in the U.S. for one round. So it's just crazy to think that you can fly to Spain, stay for two weeks, do the exact same things that you did here at home, and it be less money in a significant, like, Worth not it even comparable. Yeah. yeah. And the, what well, the medication alone is, is cheaper. I mean, one, one round of medication here out of pocket is roughly $5,000. 
um, that's just for the medication. So there, you know, without getting into politics and all of that drama, like our healthcare system in the U S is just, it's, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our next step. But my biggest thing was, you know, we have this one embryo. What if that's all we need? Because our plan is to only have one baby. Like we're, we just need one. (laughs) So I don't want to just, you know, discredit this one embryo. So our plan is just to kind of transfer. We've started transfer meds. Um, so I'm back into the shot game again. I had about a month off where I didn't have any shots. So that was super nice. Um, they just kept me on birth control. They keep you on birth control. So I was like, they keep you on birth control. So you don't get pregnant. No, well, but maybe, um, but they keep you on birth control to regulate your cycle because everything is so cycle day specific when it comes to IVF that they just put us all on birth control to kind of keep us like in sync because, my office only does like transfers and egg retrievals on certain days of the month um, for all of their patients. So they have to kind of keep us all in the same cycle. So I've just been on birth control since my egg retrieval. Um, and then I started injections again last night. So that the whole process kind of starts again. It's just different medicines because so with retrieval and transfer, obviously it's different medications. Um, so I haven't done these medications yet, so I don't know how I'm going to respond or feel or, you know, I, I don't really know what to anticipate with this particular round of medicine. So, so what is that? What is the transfer pro? I mean, how many days of medicine, when can you do the trans? Like, how does that all work? It's a lot. So it's so hard to ever have like a real date with IVF because it's so particular to your body. So I went in and they do an ultrasound to look at your uterine lining to make sure the lining is okay because it has to be a certain number. There's blood work involved. Things have to be a certain level. So we do have a tentative date. I'm not sharing that part yet because right, I just I don't know. There's just so many factors in between. Um, but we do have a tentative date in December so roughly the medication, you know, just depending on certain types. So right now I'm just on one medicine and then in a few days we add another medicine and then a few days later we add another medicine and I have another appointment. So it's just, it's so solely based on your body and how you're processing the medicine and how your lining looks and, you know, things like that. Um, this time I have some oral medicine, so that's nice. Um, but sometimes that oral medicine's like three times a day. So it's just so schedule oriented. Like I have a whole breakdown of this day, you take this at this time and this. And so my doctor's office gives you like this very pretty much strict schedule, um, to follow. So right now I'm just doing shots and then we'll add in some oral stuff and then another oral thing and then some more shots and then more shots. So, um, the ones right now are just like the little diabetic ones you've seen me give myself before and they just go in the stomach. Um, but then we get to the intermuscular shots that are the big ones that go in the muscle in your butt or in your thigh. Um, I'm not looking forward to those at all. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's all a process and there's, yeah. you know, dates and blood draws and this appointment, that appointment. It's just, it's always something. So there's just so many variations on what your body can do and, 
you know, if it doesn't respond well at all, then you have to stop and start all over. And there's just so many what ifs. Yeah. And uh, since this will be the first time you guys have gotten to this point, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, like how it makes you feel and, and what, how your body reacts. And you have no idea how that's, how your body's going to react mm-hmm. to any of that. And- hey guys, it's getting close to the holidays and we're super excited for our 10 days of giveaways that will be starting really soon. So make sure you're following us on all our social media outlets at A3 Life Inc. We have some really exciting stuff planned. I'm super excited, some good giveaways. So make sure you're keeping an eye out for that because it will be starting sooner than we know it. I cannot believe the holidays are already right at our door. So I'm super So when they do, again, obviously you don't have to tell us a date, but when they do your actual transfer, um, is the, do you go under for that? Like, is how do they do the transfer itself? Um, so the transfer surgery. Yeah, no, it's actually super simple. Um, so with the egg retrieval, which we've already done, they do put you to sleep. Like, you know, local. So you're out for about 15, 20 minutes, but with the transfer, you're awake the whole time. I've read where some patients get kind of like a volume, like they take for anxiety, you know, just to kind of calm you all together and to calm your cervix and calm your body all together. Um, but they literally, I think it takes like two minutes. They just literally stick it back up there. They just, I guess they have like a camera. I've heard it's not painful at all. Like literally just goes back in. So it's a really short, simple process. Ideally, most clinics do um, blood work anywhere between 10 and 14 days afterwards. Um, So, you know, relatively soon by blood work, um, every clinic's a little bit different, but somewhere between 10 and 14 days, they do a blood test. A lot of women, I'm in an IVF group page and a lot of them test early, obviously, um, because they anticipate, I mean, it's all just such a waiting game with IVF. Um, so, you know, you have the potential to be pregnant, but you're like, are you? So some do at home tests ahead of time. Um, so yeah, it should be, it should be interesting. We we will know relatively soon if it worked or if it didn't work. That's so interesting. The whole process, like, and, and just like to think about, this is what, like sort of all the outside things that people with infertility have to do to um to try to get pregnant or to try to have that baby but like whenever you know when you had your other kids just to think that our bodies did all this stuff on its own to create a human (laughs) like I know Mm -hmm. how stupid that sounds but like it really is when you break it all down like this amazing that like we got pregnant on accident all these times, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Happened. That it just lined up and all these hormones lined up correctly and all this lined up correctly. And, and, you know, that's something I'm, I'm always forever and ever amen grateful for is, you know, I was a teen mom. I did have Ty when I was 15 years old, but that's, that's when God knew my body could have a baby. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I had him super young for a reason. I had Huntley at 19. So I had both of my kids by the time I was 20, but the good Lord knew that that's when my body 
could have babies. So I'm forever grateful, you know, and thanks to medical science, obviously I, I pray that I have that opportunity again, but you know, on my own, that, that was my shot. And I think it's just one of those things that I'm just so grateful that everything happened for a reason and that I did have that shot to, yeah, to do that when I did. Kind of incredible when you break it all down and think about all the steps and everything that has to happen and all that good stuff. Um, so backing up just a second, I'm assuming the medications that you're on right now are to sort of like create like the perfect environment for pregnancy, right? Is that the... Pretty much. Yeah. You're just priming your body for again, what it would naturally be doing. Um, because we have to get your body ready to be putting a baby, you know, get the conditions right to be having a baby in there. So obviously lots of hormones and, you know, testing in this and that, you know, kind of things like that. But yeah, exactly. You're, you're priming your body for mint condition to, you know, house this embryo and they can give you the best statistics and everything can be perfectly right and it cannot work. Or they can say, you know, I've read stories where they basically told the women like, Oh, there's the chance is so slim and then it works, you know? So I think, you know, medical is amazing and it, it does amazing things, but our bodies kind of do what they want too. So yeah. Um, and then as far as this embryo, this baby on ice, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I know you guys have talked about doing some of the, like what is sort of controversial, but it's important because it is important. Um, the genetic testing has this baby had that done on it or no. So our original plan was, yes, absolutely. We were going to do genetic testing. Again, it's very controversial. Some people are all for it. Some people are absolutely, I would never do that. Um, We personally decided it was something we were going to do because anything to make our chances a little bit better was kind of our thought. Um, And with genetics testing, they tell you the gender. So that's another controversial subject that some people you know, there are some people that do IVF just to have a specific gender. And my thought is that's their, that's absolutely their business. Some people just hate that idea, but again, none of their business as far as I'm concerned. Um, but when you do the genetic testing, you do get to find out the gender of the baby, obviously, because that's part of a genetic breakdown. Um, this embryo that we particularly, the one that we do have didn't, so on day five, they take a cell sample and they send X amount of cells to get, and that's what they base it off of. And that's kind of why it's controversial because there's not that many cells that they're testing, right? Yeah. So, um, but this, our embryo did not have enough cells at the time to even do testing. Mm. So, and also with our clinic, if we were to send one embryo or if we were send up to either seven or eight, it was the same cost. So I was like, there's no way I'm spending X amount of dollars. I mean, it's thousands of dollars, um, to send off one embryo when I don't, you know, anyhow, but we didn't have enough cells. So this particular embryo has not been genetically tested, but we figured, I mean, there's so many success stories of them that have not been genetically tested. I mean, you'll hear stories of when they didn't either. The biggest thing is, you know, kind of saving yourself a miscarriage because if naturally that baby wouldn't have developed or, you know, whatever, um, 
then you're kind of eliminating that instead of having to put yourself through like a miscarriage or something like that. That's, that's another one of the things, but, um, for us, we're like, we're just going to kind of give it to God. I don't want to leave this baby just sitting on her. We don't know the genetic, you know, we know none of that, but that is actually very popular with, with IVF. So I have some, I have friends that I personally know that have gotten pregnant with non-tested. So, and yeah. then I have friends that have done gender selection. So, you know, to each their own. Yeah. It's just a bunch of options. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to go over what that looks like for you. So I know that you have gotten some questions since starting this, particularly about how do you know that you need IVF? And I know you wanted to go over that a little bit and, and cover that for anybody that's listening. That's like, Oh, maybe that's what's wrong. You know what? Maybe that's what's going on. So talk to us a little bit about that. So I I have a couple of stories and I'm going to refer to, um, my personal story is I, Matt and I had been married, I think for two or three years at the time, two years. And I decided to take out my IUD that I'd had for years. For those of you who don't know, it's birth control. Um, so I took it out and I honestly was like, Oh, I'm just going to get pregnant. Right? Like I'm just gonna get pregnant. Well, month went by, not pregnant. Another month, another month, another month, like three or four months. I'm like, what the heck? So then I started doing like ovulation testing and I was ovulating and you know, things like that. And it just wasn't happening. So after about six months, I went to my doctor. I was like, you know, I'm a little bit worried. And she's like, Oh, you, you have to wait a year before you can see a specialist before it's infertility. And I'm like, uh, no, I've had two kids. Like, no, you know, I'm a super impatient person as it is. So basically I just took the bull by the horns and made an appointment myself, um, with a reproductive specialist. They do, you know, some you know, sometimes your own doctor will do some testing and things like that, but I just cut straight to the chase and I went to a specialist. Um, and then they do blood work and they do testing. And, you know, in some cases I can think of two women right off the top of my head. One of my girlfriends, she had had kids and then she kept having miscarriages and it, this, it was such a simple solution. She just needed like one shot at like, 36 weeks, you know what I mean? Like something crazy like that, like the easiest, simplest solution. But had she not gone to that reproductive specialist, she would have never known that. And she just kept going through these, you know, miscarriages, but it was literally such a simple solution. Like at six weeks, she needed an extra dose of whatever or something like that. And then she had a baby, you know, so it's such a simple solution, but she wouldn't have known if she wouldn't have gone to a specialist. I have another friend um, his wife has had several, several, several miscarriages, like just miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. I'm like encouraging him. I'm like, you all should just go. It could be something so, so simple. So, you know, sometimes it's hard cases. We were told, you know, by the books that we were simple, easy. Y'all are going to be a great candidate. You know, you're young, you're healthy. Matt has great sperm. You know, my ovarian reserve number is not super low. Um, There are numbers that are critically low. Mine is not. Um, And it hasn't been an easy case. Um, And then I think there are some people that I read and they're going to be a tough case and they end up having success the first time. So I just think if I just followed my gut, I just followed my instincts and my regular doctor wanted me to wait a year. And if you feel comfortable and that's what you want to do, wait a year. I'm not patient. I'm like grab the bull by the horns and take care of the problem. So 
I just made an appointment and, you know, found out that I had stage three endometriosis that I knew nothing about that I probably had my whole life had to have surgery, had that cleaned out. Um, there were just a lot of things that your regular, well, my regular doctor just simply didn't know. So I encourage you all, if you have been trying, you know, or you've had multiple miscarriages or you just can't seem to get pregnant. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to go see a specialist. In my mind, the good Lord made these people and gave them technology to help us, you know, achieve having babies, you know, or a simple solution, or it could just be a pill or it could just be, you know, there's so many simple solutions. And I think it's scary. It's a scary process, but it's nice to know and you owe it to yourself to kind of figure out what's going on with your body. Yeah. And like you are doing now, if you're working with somebody and it's not going the way you thought it would go or the way you had hoped it would go, or they're not doing the treatment plan that you feel you need, seek a second opinion. You know, right. you listen to your original doctor and they didn't tell you what you wanted to hear. So you did something right. else in a different route. And just like now with you guys deciding you're going to go to Spain, you're seeking a second opinion and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm optimistic, obviously great, wonderful praise the Lord. If this transfer works, that's all we needed. But if not, I am like being proactive. I've already reached out and studied and followed up and talked to real people about these other clinics. And I'm, I'm just being realistic about it as well. And then I'm trying to be financially smart about it too, because again, it can be super, super expensive. And again, I'm super grateful. We've had that opportunity, but I'm like, I just cannot justify dropping another 20 grand when I can go, you know, for a fraction of the cost and, and have these amazing results that people are still having. And, you know, obviously what my doctor's doing for me, I know it works. Like I've seen success from this clinic. I love my doctor. You know, I know people personally that have gotten pregnant, but it's just not working for me. So as much as I'm emotionally involved and I love them there, I have to be smart with my money and with my body and what I'm putting it through in these drugs and, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, definitely following your gut, even if it's not necessarily what you want to do. I don't want to travel halfway across the world to do it, but it is the most logical next step for me. So yeah. I guess, yeah. So next steps then obviously we'll, we'll hope and pray this transfer takes and you don't have to worry right. about anything else. Um, right. But if, if you do have to start looking to do Spain, what does that look like? I mean, have you spoken? I mean, I know you said you've been doing some research, but have you spoken with the clinic? Have you picked a doctor? Like what are, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, I actually have some friends that went there, they used, um, donated embryos all together. So she carried the babies, but they were donated embryos by someone else. I'm adamant on using my own eggs. If me personally, if we can't use my own eggs, then it, that will be the end of the road for us. Um, but I totally respect and get like, we will donate embryos. If we have extra, I'm all for embryo donation. Um, and it gave them the opportunity to have a baby. So I've talked to a couple of people. I'm in a great group page. Um, I've met people that have personally used, um, in Spain, there's like one whole area. There's just, it's just like a whole group. It's kind of like 
fertility outlet, if you will. <laughs> um, so I just heard about it from a couple of different people and being in other IVF group pages, I've met some amazing women and heard their success stories and, and things like that. So it's basically just word of mouth, like digging in, doing my investigative work. You know, yes, I've already been emailing. They do do a lot of traveling. You know, they have a lot of people come in, so they help with you know, flights, they help with accommodations. I mean, they, they help you with the experience. They speak English. Um, so it's, it's really good. I mean, they, it's kind of all inclusive, if you will. Yeah. Um, it, because it's something they deal with on a regular basis of so many people, not just from the U S that, that go there, but, um, from all over the world because their fertility specialists are some of the best and some of the best pricing, quite frankly. Yeah. It's like a great deal. That's and so interesting. You're like a one-stop baby shop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super popular there. So that's kind of our next step. Um, so we will kind of keep people posted at a distance. Obviously, you know, like most people say, your your risk for losing a baby is obviously earlier, the earlier it is. So I don't know at what point we will share if it does work, if it doesn't work, you know, things like that. Um, I don't know when we'll share that, I guess kind of whenever we're comfortable um, and kind of where we're at next, because it is, it's a lot. It's, and, and when I opened this up, I knew it was going to be a lot. It was going to be the good, the bad, the ugly, um, in the real, because in realization, it doesn't always work in realization. Yeah. You may take all this medicine for all these weeks and you don't get anything, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot and it's a lot on your body and your marriage and your emotions and your body. And, you know, it's just an emotional roller coaster of waiting and ups and downs and wait and wait again and wait again and wait again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I know like with each of my pregnancies, I got like more and more scared each time. Cause I'm like, okay, I've had one healthy baby now I've had two healthy babies and I've had, you know, and so like each time yeah. I got more and more scared of the most like ridiculous things, but also of something happening. Whereas with my first, I wasn't. So I think if I went through all of this, like you are, I'd be like, I'm not telling anybody ever. They can just think <laughs> I'm fat and I'm just never, ever like, I would be so scared. Right. Right. It, it, it's definitely, and it's, it's not only is it scary, it's like a huge investment. So, um, yeah. you know, and even my doctor is like, she crossfits, she's obviously a doctor, but she's very educated in crossfit as well. And she was, she had twins into crossfit the whole time. So I've always already obviously asking her like, okay, what is my workout routine going to look like? You know, things like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. You know what I mean? Even though she's saying it's okay. I, I told Matt, I was like, you know, I feel like if I do do it, just like in the, um, like the waiting period was that what I was asking about, particularly, you know, once I, between transferring and finding out if it worked or not, I was like, what does that look like? Should I not work out? Am I okay? And she's like, you know, she told me, she's like, you're fine doing weights. It's not super heavy, keeping your heart rate lower. And I told Matt, I was like, what if I did work out and it didn't end up working. I feel like I would blame that, you know? So mm -hmm. it's just like, there's so many different scenarios. She's like, you know, this scenario, this scenario, blah, blah, blah. She's like, once you make it to the second trimester, you can do whatever you feel up to doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so there's just so many risks and like, what do I do? Or, oh my gosh, did I eat something wrong? Did I fall wrong? Did I yeah. take my medicine wrong? You know? Um, and I think that's something every IVF woman goes through 
or a couple yeah. even goes through is like, oh, did I do this? I mean, even with my last egg retrieval, I mean, my doctor, my nurse, everyone, like, it's okay to drink a little bit. You can have a couple of glasses of wine. It's, you know, not a big deal, da 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 well, I did. And then I didn't have any embryos make it. So even in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have drank that glass of wine, you know? Yeah. So I think you just kind of beat yourself up. Like, did I do that? Did I cause all this? Am I the reason I didn't, you know, things like that. So it, it is tough. Like you question, even if your doctor says it, or should I have not taken that? Did I miss my prenatal vitamin one day? You know, so yeah. it, it's tough pregnant in general. Um, but then when you're doing all of this to get pregnant, it's even a little bit more like, Oh, I don't want to mess up. It just makes you think that's for sure. Cause I know like with Brogan, you know, my oldest, I announced at like four weeks and not, I mean, I was so young, so I didn't yeah. know that like the risks even involved with that time. You know what I mean? That time yeah. frame is so sensitive and the the chances of miscarriage are much higher and I mean I just looking back I'm like I can't believe and then Baylor I waited a little bit longer but not much longer maybe like eight weeks but then when I had sissy it was like I was finally an adult or something and I was <laughs> terrified and I didn't I don't think I told anybody except for like Darren for like 22 weeks or something I mean it was a long I don't time. know if it was I don't know if it was Susie or Jojo that had to cover drinking for you. It was Jojo because drinking (laughs) again, we were not trying to get pregnant. It was on accident. Yeah. And I found out and we had that, um, we had a conference coming up and I'm like, how am I going to hide? And it was in Nashville, like one of my favorite places to go and like go (laughs) out and have fun. Yes. And I'm like, how am I going to hide this? And so, yeah, Elisa, I'd order a vodka soda and then I'd pass it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I told Elisa before I ever even told my husband and then I'm like, I need you to help me cover this because yeah, you have to cover. I know. Cause I'm going to blow my cover. And then, then it ended up coming around that Costa Rica was that spring and I had to announce at Costa Rica. I was like, I can't, there's no way I can keep hiding and lying any longer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, especially with doing, you know, this is people are going to know. And the good thing I have going for me is they are very, they have really high hopes for me getting pregnant because I, I have never had a miscarriage. I have, my body's acceptable of carrying and being pregnant. It was just like the quality of the egg. So they are hopeful for me as far as carrying goes. Now that doesn't mean something can't go wrong, obviously, but I do kind of have that in my back pocket that I have had two successful pregnancies in my life. So, you know, obviously that helps with, you know, my statistics and my odds of it actually working. So I do have that going for me. So I'm hopeful and I'm excited and um, I hope that somebody can take something away from this and in my journey and seeing kind of like how real and how tough and how it doesn't always work. And it doesn't, you know, it's not perfect. I've seen women just go through, you know, 17 transfers and failures, and then they finally get a baby or some just finally end up getting pregnant on their own. There's so many amazing stories and people that I've met through this journey that I know without a doubt, like was meant to happen. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So this is something you're struggling with. Get involved, get involved on IVF Facebook pages, Facebook groups, talk to someone, reach out to me. I can get you connected. You know, I think us women, sometimes we're like ashamed of it and 
we shouldn't be. It's, it's just, it's part of life and we should support each other and bring each other up and just, you know, do what we can do to help and not, not make it such a black, bad thing. You know, we just make it kind of shameful and it shouldn't be. It's, it's so common for so many women. So I hope that through this, we can share that with people. Yeah. So make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, when she gets pregnant, a three life will make an announcement when she's ready. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll be like, like creeping, like, is it happening? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are Are you ready? ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Can I tell people it's killing me? Yeah. So (laughs) you all be watching. Everybody will be watching like my pictures. Like, I swear she's getting fat. Look at her. No, I'll start, start getting messages and you'll be like, bitch. Actually, I just gained weight. Okay, so nobody jump to conclusions. Don't be zooming in on my stomach. Maybe I'm bloated. We'll Maybe like, I ate a lot. I think mm-hmm. I see I something. Know, I, can tell. I know. I can't even imagine in the next few weeks how many times like a picture is in screenshot and sent to someone like, look, I swear to God, it worked. Look at her belly. Look at her from the side. I'm like, no. <laughs> Actually, I just fell off my diet wagon. Okay. <laughs> it's Christmas and I eat a lot of cookies. Yeah, it was holiday food. Okay. Don't be judging me. Y'all don't get too crazy and start judging and be like <laughs> scrutinizing everything I wear. Good thing it's like big sweater weather. So y'all can't be zooming in. <laughs> like, oh my God. I Look know. at her belly. No, and people aren't afraid to ask. Fell off my I know. I know. <laughs> bound to happen so it amazes me like the kind of messages that will come through and I'm like oh what about mine the other day about my boob job oh I I didn't hear about this yeah she's like um she was asking me she's like can I ask you something personal I didn't have the chance to answer back which is cool she's like where did you something about are your are your implants saline or silicone? She's like, I want to, I'm going to tell my doctor, I want my boobs to look just like yours. I was like, <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> like it was, I was like, wow, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> funny. I love it. She's like, I can hope- I ask you a personal question? No response. She asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm asking it anyway. And here yeah. we go down oh, the road. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I hope that yeah, when I get my boobs done, somebody wants their boobs to look like my boobs. I mean, that's right. Life I thought that was like a really nice compliment. I'm like, wow, considering they're like 11 years old, I'll take it. Right. There you go. <laughs> so anyhow, well, it was fun today. I just, like you said, I, we had, we both had a lot of people asking, you know, I, I opened up this, you know, box and I think I need to be transparent with people and share the full story and this outlet. Our podcast is just the easiest way to do it. So I appreciate our listeners, the support, the love, the reach outs, the questions, you know, I've had nothing but love. So I I really appreciate that from our amazing fans. So thank you so much. Okay. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.